0: Now, I'm sure as you probably guessed, I want to talk about video games for a bit today, not least of all because that seems to be all I'm doing with my life at the moment. Now again because we have got Ellis on the podcast uh, I'm sure that recommendation for outer Wilds will come up as it has done I think about four or five
1: times in I'm f- not complaining in, in think... every conversation with Ellis. and now and <laughs> now with me as well because uh, I'm also I'm now also an outer Wilds boy.
2: You are one of the converted.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Now, I recently bought it on the hope that my computer can handle it. I've found on a, a PC, like, running, can kind I of run this game side? like, I found that my PC apparently can handle it, but it's not like, you know, like, imagine my computer turned up to a job interview. It's competent on the CV, manages to know how to do the interview, and yet knows all the ins and outs of the job, and yet occasionally just doesn't feel like doing it if you see what i mean like it it's on on paper it's fine but like it just it it just has its own personality let's say Mm -hmm.
1: to be fair i'm only gonna say this just because it's reminded me and i need to need to get rid of it like sam if you want you can like have my old computer because it's just it's in my garage and it's literally ready to go um and like i don't know how i'm gonna shift it otherwise and like it's got a uh it's got like a gtx 970 in it um so like yeah, well, um. You, you have...
2: guys should move this conversation to eBay.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we should. Uh, yeah, I know. We, we need to have a business meeting elsewhere. In case um, you're
1: uh, just joining us, this is eBcast where we discuss all the uh, all the hot the hot new deals on uh, on eBay. <laughs> and, at the, and at the top of this this week, it's plastic whisks. Just <laughs> plot plastic whisks. F- f- uh, uh plot, plot, i can't plot, even speak plot, properly plot, plot
2: hey were you guys thinking of doing merch
1: oh, oh yeah whisks you could beat beat your eggs while you <laughs> while you're beating off
2: <laughs> one-handed whisk it is, it's so light
0: and easy to use yeah um now i know that ellis whenever you've talked about Outer wilds like you've said like it is unlike anything else you've ever played and you said sort of, even on the steam store i think you said like Don't like try not to read anything from the Steam store, like kind of go into it as sort of as cold and as blind as you possibly can. Would you still say that's the case?
2: Yeah, I mean, I you're right, I actually wrote a Steam review for this game, which normally I I wouldn't do, but I felt pretty strongly about it. Um, yeah, basically, it's funny that you've chosen to talk about it because I can't say anything for fear of spoiling (laughs) everything for you. So, um,
0: (laughs) I was, I mean, that was that was slightly. Naughty of me to uh to try and to, to do not only a coldish opener, <laughs> but one which is kind of undefinable in a way. But I was going to try and probe you to probe you. That's probably the wrong word. But I was trying to prod you to see. I'll just
2: explain why it's so good, and Tom, Tom, and Tom will back me up.
1: Yeah, I was I was going to say the one thing I think what we'll get from you talking about it, it'll still work to get people to play it because what what we what you don't give away in details and spoilers. you'll you'll like give away in like your enthusiasm of why it's so good yeah that will Um, suffice
0: i'm also trying to frame it slightly as imagine you're selling this to someone who likes games like we could all like we all probably talk to each other with a sort of a basic knowledge of the kind of things we've played or play together Mm. and so we can kind of go like yeah you'll like this with you know with no additional clauses or anything but imagine like, imagine to one of the 24 people that listens to us. I think it's probably gone down to 16 now. <laughs> but imagine one but of that... It's
2: going to go down to eight now.
0: But those eight, they're <laughs> properly keyed. And, they're all, Ru- and really- they're, all,
1: they're all Russian. So uh, <laughs> to all of you eight listeners, uh, dosvidanya.
2: Horosho. It's, oh, it's a horosho
1: right? game. And spasiba. If you if you play the game, I'll say spasiba. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I tried saying... um the last voyage on um, a game of Catan with some Russians? I got no response from that. I think it was just like, oh, he speaks one word and fucks it up, and no one says that.
2: I learned some Russian words playing Dota two back in the day, so I, <laughs> yeah. so I know how to big. say suka, which is bitch.
0: Yeah, big big community I thought, there. I thought it'd be an expletive. From I don't know what I've never played Dota well, you two. You can but bleep I just get it feeling if you want. <laughs> No, this is um. Is, we list it as explicit uh, on the... Oh, really? At least on the Anchor website, I'm sure. Yeah, it's yeah I'm ev- sure. Ev-
1: every episode is explicit, because I, I, I'm going to say something unsavoury. That's pretty Strictly much Strictly 18 plus, yeah.
0: Yeah, because essentially it's like saying, yeah, when, whenever Tom opens his mouth has been certified 18.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> my mouth's like a fucking sewer. <laughs> <laughs> um, um,
2: yes. Outer yeah, wild, so uh, if you... you were talking about Outer Worlds. I, I have kind of... Been wondering about whether it is a game you can recommend to people who don't normally play games. I have actually told my dad to play it, although he does uh, he does play games. He he normally plays Call of Duty and uh, Uncharted and stuff like that. But I told him to play this crazy um, philosophical game, which is Out
1: of Wilds. I think it'd work with your dad though, because um, like he because I think from what you told me, he plays like Card and Uncharted. So yeah. He'll be fine playing it because he'll be able to like navigate essentially because the game is about just walking around and looking. But I know what you mean, as far as like, yeah, it might be a bit tougher to like recommend to people who um, can't, they don't have that thing where they can just pick up a game and like know how to move. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it might be a bit tougher.
2: Yeah, I've played games with people before who don't really play games, and watching someone not be able to move and turn the camera at the same time is kind of weird because to me it seems so obvious and simple, but. If you haven't been doing it for like twenty years of your life, maybe it is kind of brain melting muscle memory, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, in Outer Wilds, you uh, explore a little solar system um, of like fantastic, crazy planets, and discover like the the history and the uh, discover the scenario of the world. Um, and I really don't want to say much more than that because the yeah. the 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 game is discovering it so anything i tell you will be robbing the game from you basically
0: well at least i found out the sort of the scale of it that it's a a star mm-hmm. system so like i know there's something like in, in realistic terms quite a big scale but you get the idea that it's not like a galaxy or universe and it's not like a couple of planets or like a um I'm trying to think, with example, like a Ratchet and Clank mm-hmm. style thing, where like each where each planet is like actually just a, a small corner of a city on that said planet. Yeah, it's a box essentially. <laughs> <laughs> which isn't isn't to uh, knock y- those games because yeah. I
1: mean Ratchet and Clank games are fucking ace, but and they're they're like level based. But yeah, I think without a wilds, yeah, like you say, it's you go to a planet, you can explore, you'll explore that entire planet. It's designed that way, which is good.
2: Yeah, you <clears throat> you can go anywhere you want.
1: Immediately pretty I, I... much. Which is also really good about it. Um it's also a comparison I think both me and Alice have made as well is, is uh for anyone who's played No Man's Sky, uh or also for anyone who did what I did, which was um like pre order it and buy it on day one. Um it's like, you know, No Man's Sky is like an endless universe where every single planet looks the same. Uh, The Outer Wilds is, like, (laughs) a immaculately... So, yeah, The Outer Wilds is an immaculately Mm handcrafted solar system that literally feels like people live there and, like, literally each planet is as different as our own solar system. How every planet in our solar system is completely different. Um, So, yeah, it's, it's a nice, like... It's a nice comparison of, like, I think what some developers think what gamers want. I mean, like No Man's Sky was well. I guess it's fair to say that with the the ad campaign and the PR for No Man's Sky, we were all lied to, like to our faces. We were all made made into mugs.
2: I I actually saw a, a documentary about No Man's Sky the other day. Oh yeah, um, which which paints the the guys who made it, especially the lead developer Sean Murray, in, in more of a positive light because basically they were making what is essentially an indie game with a team of less than ten people. Sure, and then. Um, Sony kind of picked it up and and started running with it. And Uh... Sony started doing these crazy ad campaigns, making the game look like the best thing in the entire world. And they couldn't possibly live up up to it. And uh, this poor guy was trotted out for these interviews over and over again. And people were asking him these insane questions. And he was just saying, yeah, yeah, sure, it's in the game. Um, And maybe they really thought that they'd have time to put it in there, but they just didn't.
0: I think well, we talked about this on the
2: story.
0: yeah. We I, talked about this on the previous episode. The idea of, with Cyberpunk 2077 that I mean, I, I postulated that the whole like patch culture is in like releasing patches later on rather than putting a completely finished game out. You know, mm-hmm. there's essentially a business pressure that like I within year to year you kind of want some products, but I don't know. I, I mean, No so, Man's Sky might be slightly different.
1: I think it is very different between these two games because I think with No Man's Sky uh when it came out no man's sky it's a perfectly the game was finished when no man's sky came out it was a perfectly playable and complete product it was just that the game pe- well finished is uh relative k- kind to- of but i mean it functioned it was like the universe was there you could explore it it was kind of ready to go but it was basically but there just was a, nothing
2: to do yeah
1: there was nothing to do all the planets essentially looked the same and the gameplay loop was super repetitive but at least it was a finished game and i mean to no man's sky's credit uh, like me and Ludo went back to it recently um and it's actually not bad because they keep adding stuff to it and all the stuff they add mm-hmm. is not not only is it mega substantial it's all free so that's like yeah that's well, really good
2: that I think what they're doing is uh, making the game they originally wanted to make they're just they're still doing it it's just that they had to release something you know five years ago whenever it was because Sony made them do it and
1: they're an in indie. They're an indie yeah, studio yeah. as well, so fair fair play to them. But I,
2: I got mad respect for them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cyberpunk 2077. I have like zero respect for because <laughs> the game is a is is a broken piece of shit. I won't go on about <laughs> it too much because we've we already talked about it because we did a podcast just after I'd bought it. Um. Mm-hmm. But I I just fell into the same trap as everyone else, which was here's the next new game from. I mean, I, I wasn't really swept up in the hype of this will be the best game ever. I was more just had a mini hype of my own, which was it's the next game by CD Projekt Red, so it'll be decent. So I was just, ha- I, that's all I wanted. I was like, oh, Witcher, Witcher 3 was, was phenomenal. Uh, so their next game should be decent because they've, you know, they've made Witcher 3.
2: So you set the bar at decent.
1: Uh, kind of, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I tried not to go overboard because The Witcher 3 is quite special and I do love it. But I thought, well, it pro- to me, I was like, it probably won't top Witcher 3. Yeah. So I was like, okay, it won't top it, but it'll be as good as because, you know, it, they'll probably, they're making another RPG. Um, but what I got instead was a game that literally isn't, I keep the way I describe it is it's not fit for purpose. Like it's a broken product. Mm-hmm. Um and it's really weird, though, because you're still getting all these crazy five-star reviews. The only accurate review I've seen, uh, but they are very good, is obviously PC Gamer. Like, they're they're a great site, so that's fine. But their, their review was fair, because theirs was, they gave it, like, a 73 out of 100 and said, buy it in a few months when everything's fixed. Uh-huh. So it's like, yeah, fair play. But it was really weird, because I still keep seeing all these articles on, like, you know, what, like ten crazy details in Cyberpunk, <laughs> the best RPG ever made. But then it's like that's not true. You know, you're clearly being paid to say that because if you play the game for ten minutes, you'll run into a bug, <laughs> and you'll you'll walk down the street and people will be T posing. You know, it's like it's T <laughs> posing
0: abs- is in literally the letter T as if they're doing like arm arm span. Yeah, standards. yeah, they'll, they'll glitch,
1: yeah. and I ha- I had it glitch where in a in a quest where a character. Was just walking back and forth on the spot where he where he he shouldn't be, and I couldn't leave the building, and the quest couldn't progress. I actually I was in two minds to put it on Twitter and like send it to like C Day Project Red's account just to sort of say, oh here's the here's the amazing thing you promised me, but like literally everyone was doing that. Yeah. Um.
0: I feel like I feel like they would have not cracked, but as in it wouldn't. There would have been like a saturation point where they fucking know by this point that this is broken
2: yeah your tweet could have been the tweet that pushed him over the edge
1: (laughs) exactly the tweet that the tweet that broke the camel's back um (laughs) but to be fair like i i I also at the same time one thing i will say is um also just the game isn't as good just because it's not got a very good story and the characters are shit and it's not very well written so that's another thing as well that they can't fix because i started playing it and like Yeah, the writing's really bad. All the characters, including your own, are incredibly obnoxious and are all, for some reason, constantly talking about how cool they are or having other characters constantly tell you how cool you are. And I'm like... I don't want that. You know, I'd, I'd rather just be treated as a as a normal person in this world.
2: That's a, a classic theme of cyberpunk, isn't it? Everyone telling each other that they're really cool. Yeah,
1: you're all edge. Well, it says you're all edge runners. I'm like, you're not edge runners. You're all fucking edge lords. <laughs> you know, it's like...
0: You're all, ed- well, I was, I was, you're all
1: edges. I was going
0: to say, it's not just that the... Um, that the game telling you you're cool doesn't appeal to your own sense of self-deprecation, like it doesn't. No, but I know what you mean no, it's not. It's just, it's no, it's more... not. It's not a masochistic thing. It's, it's, it, yeah. It makes it feel more real if someone has a problem with you, like uh, on yeah, a more psychological like, level. Yeah. Or
1: it's he's literally just like, oh, good morning. Uh, can I get you something to drink? Like that's fine. Like you know, I mean, I, I like RPGs where you meet characters. Like I always compare it to Mass Effect because Mass Effect's really good. Is you, you start the game and you assemble this ragtag team of people, and then over the course of the game you chat to the characters and they get to know you naturally and their dialogue changes and then by the time you finish the game you're you're like friends with your crew and it feels organic whereas cyberpunk it just does this montage where it shows you like doing crimes and then suddenly it's like oh here's this character he's your best friend and it's like (laughs) I, I really didn't like the character which didn't help and then later on I'd have like loads of characters being like it's like for, for example the opening to one scene is like if you pick the street kid backstory um you start off and basically your nose has been broken so you have to like press y to like what? crack your nose back into into a section and then, and then and then the bartender like gives you a drink and he's like he's like it's like this Hispanic guy, so he's like, hey, what happened to you, S.A.? And then you, and then you can, like, pick what you want to say, but it like it all ends up in the same thing, and basically your character, who's fully voiced and sounds like a complete wanker, is like, some guy just tried to mug me in the alleyway, but he picked on the wrong person, and then the bartender's like, oh, yeah, I guess he didn't know who he was messing with. You know, you're one of, like, Night City's oldest mercenaries. Uh, well, you know, oh and then, God. and it's like, what the fuck? It's like... When you were um, talking
0: about the nose, the nose fixing element, it like I, f- I feel like we've seen this before, and where we've seen this is as a sort of a quick fire, like, sort of action response system in Heavy Rain. <laughs> so that sounds like exactly the kind of bollocks you'd get in the David Cage game, I s- like, I suppose, like but at least turn, the David, turn C- your head, turn your head with your analog stick. Then as you fair, do that, though, click wide to make sure you crack your nose back into place.
1: As much as we complain, I, I am glad David Cage is out there and making games because you get a lot of enjoyment out of them. It's like, yeah, okay, they're pure schlock. Yeah. But I think when you sit when you sit down with a David Cage game, you're gonna have a blast. Um I've actually only played one David Cage game and I'm I've only played Fahrenheit, which I loved as a kid uh legitimately and i now love ironically as an adult um... Actually, i've never
0: i've never played a game a david cage game i've only ever watched people play it and i think like the you you get the idea it's not like i think they're always framed as like you've kind of got your own story with it particularly something like heavy rain where there's like i think four different endings just slight variants, and yeah I, I think you get the idea of not it trying to do too much but like you kind of have the, you have an idea of multiple endings and this mm-hmm. kind of sort of slightly, su- like, suspense and kind of, in the case of Fahrenheit, say surreal, like, it starts off kind of fine and the premise, like, yeah. you, you get the, the original <laughs> premise for about one level and then it drastically shits the bed and then yeah, tries it, to sleep in those <laughs> same sheets. It, it starts
2: <laughs> as a really, like, intriguing crime kind of drama <clears throat> where you play as a guy who has, like comes to consciousness after just killing someone in the bathroom of a diner and then in the next scene you play as the police investigating the scene which is such an interesting idea then in the next scene you play as the the murderer who's at work and he starts hallucinating a bunch of bugs and you do like a 10 minute quick time event sequence where you have to dodge all of these bugs and do (laughs) backflips around them and stuff and at that point you're like yeah this this isn't the game that i thought it was going to be
1: just just so I'm, I'm... i could just so i can clarify to the listeners that it's nowhere near as cool as it sounds the giant bugs <laughs> yeah. the giant bugs maybe are like i made gi- it sound good it's actually it's, shit it like cause to some people's ear, giant bugs could be cool but they're gi- i think they're giant fleas and they are really <laughs> yeah, that's they've, got, right. they've, got, they've got they've got these big fat asses and you just have to like dodge in that cubicles and like even if you're still with the game at that moment, because you might still be like, oh, maybe, like, the killer's losing his mind. So you might maybe stick with it. it. It then shits the bed when the killer finds out he's got, like, super strength. And then later on, when he gets, like, cornered by police, he, like, starts dodging bullets, and he, like, runs up yeah, the wall of a building super and, like, jumps onto a helicopter. <laughs> and then there is a boss fight at the end of the game where you basically... Uh, sorry... Uh, listeners can mute this if they want to play fahrenheit cold but basically the climax of the game is that you as the killer who by the way you turn out to like now be some kind of superhero despite the fact you murdered a man um you fight the guy who was possessing you who turns out to be this aztec priest and you have a dragon ball z-esque fight on the rooftops in new york uh while you're trying to protect a child uh that has like crazy superpowers um, and not only do you fight the Aztec priest, you also end up fighting a third faction that comes in that is the physical body of the internet. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, oh, yeah, I about you, that. You fight him as well.
2: Easy to forget because it all happens in the last 10 minutes.
1: Yeah, exactly. It literally gets crammed in and you, you have a Super Saiyan fight. And it's really funny because the game, yeah, it just shit the bed spectacularly.
0: Because I I was going to say, I, I thought that there was the museum bit where he explores. I think it's like the Mayan. It's one of the Mesoamerican like old... Uh, societies but yeah like, i remember that bit and then i distinctly remember it not coming up again like even at the end it's like oh, you've got this kind of voldemort figure but yeah. like it, it could be it, it literally it could be like neanderthal it could be you know like any any fucking like sort of different culture and it, it doesn't matter it's just saying it's different it's old It's this old thing that you know you could be skeptical about but yeah, it's actually power come back to life Ancient power, like, uh, that's the only thing I could think of as the beginning of Catwoman, but you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, that kind of, you just attach it to something ancient so you can go, well, you didn't believe it, but it's actually true, just because it's old doesn't mean it's wrong, that kind of bullshit. But, um, to, sum up, by the way,
1: bit... to sum up, by the way, listener, please go play Outer Wilds.
0: <laughs> oh, I, I was going to say, I forgot to say, I like how you said go and play Fahrenheit cold, because there is also... As the game goes on, oh, every level starts with yeah. The city's freezing. Every, every level starts with yeah. The like it starts with <clears> the temperature. <throat> I think in Fahrenheit, but like Fahrenheit a bullshit way of measuring temperature. In in but, heavy
2: rain, uh, they do something similar where it just uh, starts raining all the time.
1: Oh, and is it like the rain's getting yeah. worse?
2: Yeah. Well, do you guys know? Well, maybe I won't spoil it. Yeah, heavy rain fixes a lot of the problems with Fahrenheit because it doesn't have supernatural bullshit in it. Um, you no, know,
1: it's, it's a murder mystery, isn't it? It's like a new, yeah, neo-noir yeah, murder mystery. Yeah, basically.
2: And it honestly, it's quite good. Um, oh,
1: yeah, I've wanted to play it for ages. A, I think, lot, uh, it's
2: got a lot of shit uh, <laughs> and bullshit and crap and flaws in it. Um, but it is entertaining and an interesting story.
0: Did David Cage, is it the, the most recent game made? Is it Detroit Being Human?
2: Yeah. Become Human. Become Human. Yeah. Apparently yeah. that's really good. I watched like a bit of the playthrough Again, and it
1: legit looked actually a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, uh, I I don't believe that it will be good, but it will probably be uh, quite fun.
1: Yeah, I think it'll definitely. Yeah, be fun. I think
0: exactly that. Now, as, as I mentioned, I've been playing a lot of video games, and I think I've tried to as much as like I have got Outer wilds now, and I should get on it. I've been very specifically keep sticking to like shorter experiences, so like even even if I have to turn the graphics down on my computer, like I've been playing like a game that actually was mentioned in the Guardian article I was reading just before I hopped on which is games you might have missed in the whole hype of, like, cyberpunk and whatnot this year, you know, the last year. And it mentioned a short hike, which is, like, takes two or three hours and is the coziest shit on Earth. Like, it's kind of... I don't know if you've come across a short hike.
2: Yeah, I've got it, but I haven't played it.
0: I've got it
1: on
2: my my wish list.
0: Yeah, I think it's also on Switch as well, but, like, it it won't take long. It's, like, you've probably seen, like, a lot of the pictures of it, because the pixel graphics, like, very cutesy, but also, like, they are... It's almost like it's. It feels like it's really blown up, so like you can really see. I I think it's something called like anti-aliasing or something, where you, like, essentially there's a way in which games smooth out like pixelated Mm -hmm. edges, and so it kind of has like. Is it anti-aliasing? It It is. is Yeah. Yeah. But um, a short hike almost deliberately doesn't do that in parts, and so like it does feel like you are playing a 3d like it's a 3d world as you would try and map it on to like a very pixelated space you'll get the idea when you play it but again like that's that's a very short experience very cozy mm-hmm. similarly so um merchant of the skies which i thought is a much shorter experience or like a much simpler game than i anticipated but again that's sort of pixel art very much like sid Meier's pirates where you just pick up like a, a large mechanic and you you pick up shit at a low price. And you sell it for a higher price you do a few quests there's a, a, a vague overarching story but yeah you kind of it's, it's a slow game to start but like once you get the idea of like for example in my game i was like well i figured out a little network where i know like there's a couple cities in like there's say a, a sort of a region of four cities two of them had cheap apples and then the other two was set like would buy apples or sell apples at a very very high price, and so you just kind of do that trip back and forth.
1: Buy low, sell high. You get
2: a bit of cash.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's what um, we in
1: the business call the art of the deal.
0: The art <laughs> of the deal. I'm pretty sure I, I couldn't help but think of the Simpsons episode where, like, the, is it they all buy stocks in the power plant or something else, and then Homer's is the only one who sells it like almost immediately mm-hmm. and then uses it to buy a beer. I know there's the there's is like, also, buy low, sell There's also
1: the episode where he gets in debt to Patty and Selma and it's because he blew all of his money on jack-o'-lanterns. Uh, and there's the bit when he's at Mo's celebrating, he's got a cigar, and he's like lighting it with a burning dollar bill, and he talks about how uh, jack-o'-lanterns have been going up uh, the whole month of October. Uh, Homer <laughs> says, and I think they're going to peak right around January. <laughs> um,
0: another game, not to say a short experience, but um, a game with a relatively simple premise that, like, and again, it is kind of funny along the line along the way as well in terms of it's very self aware about the the sort of the low polygon count in terms of all the models and like how weirdly things move around is a game called Everything, which I think you've played, Tom, as well. Uh I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm pointing I'm pointing as if you're in the room, which is really strange. Like I I I gesticulate in conversation anyway, but I'm gesticulating when there's no one else around. I don't know. Uh,
2: I thought you were pointing at me.
0: <laughs> oh <fair enough>. yeah <laughs> um but yeah that, that's to explain it essentially you the way everything works is that you you move around like different environments and different scales between like the what's called a collapse dimension of like one end which is like where you can find things like the smallest particles and concepts in one two and three dimensional space um all the way up through like particles so like uh like pollen and bacteria and other pathogens up through like animals plants then up to like there's even like a cityscape that you can do like be particular continents then particular planets and particular stellar systems and it's like it's a li- like
2: a katamari game but um without the ball yeah you just, yeah you exactly just, yeah you sort
1: of um the way i'd describe it is you like instead of rolling shit up you kind of you kind of like body hop so you sort of possess mm. each of these things and uh, yeah, as Sam said you basically buy. You can you can move up or down in scale. So if you want to get bigger, you just move from bigger to bigger um, objects. And then what you can do is you'll unlock a thing where you can click it, and you'll you'll jump to the next level of size. Uh, and it works both ways; it goes up and down. And I guess the shtick of the game is that as you as you become a thing, it gets like entered into like your encyclopedia. So the goal is to like collect everything mm-hmm. uh, you basically having been things but at the same time the more th- things you possess some of them will have like a little i think it's like a little thought bubble um, yeah and you can talk to things and that's another thing to collect and then the other thing is you collect uh, little audio clips of a lecture um you'll have to explain this sam because i forget the guy's name but it's really it's, interesting it's just,
0: i think it's snippets from a series of lectures by alan watts yeah, who, if you don't know him, is from what I understand, essentially he was an English guy who lived in the States and is credited as one of the people who <clears throat> really brought into the public eye the, you know, like in the late 60s, early 70s, that sort of a, like interest in Eastern philosophy, particularly as um, an antithesis to the kind of the Judeo Christian sort of setup. And it's a really interesting seminar because he does, or like series of audio clips, because he's very famous for talking about like this idea of not just like, um, you know, what would you do if you, if if money was no object? And then people say all these things, and they're like, well, that's what you must do. But this is more about his really quite well thought out, but sometimes quite grandiose ideas of sort of universality and that you know the idea of it's very easy in a sort of David Foster Wallace sense. It's very easy to think that you know you you kind of have this sort of centrality of the universe because you will always experience things from the middle of wherever you are, that kind of thing, and understanding that the mere you know the idea of having sort of yin and yang counterparts not necessarily saying yin and yang like the idea of you know doubt and certainty it's like they don't they don't really exist without their counterpart and so actually to be is to kind of in a cartesian sense to kind of to doubt and to kind of have these experiences which you don't understand and don't like but also what's merciful about it is he doesn't use the word god like at least he doesn't like go it's all god like some people do is like it is sort of trying to quote like well he also uh
1: he also doesn't kind of like uh it, it's it's really easy to listen to the lectures and they're dead interesting and the way he approaches everything is he, he delivers it all as if he's talking to anyone so like not as if he's talking to students um so it's
2: i was gonna say is all of that in the game because it sounds quite lofty i mean yeah, I've,
0: it's good i mean it, i've used i've used some lofty explanations because that's i just tend to be verbose anyway so yeah no, if the, I say uh, if I say like Cartesian, like it just take from that take, I think therefore I am. But not even oh, that as okay. an exact phrase. Yeah, but no, I mean? Alan, I Alan Watts about...
1: Doesn't talk like uh doesn't talk like that. Is his is a lot more straightforward. Uh, that's not a dig <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's not a dig at you, Sam, at all. I'm just uh what I'm talking about is how any of you slack jawed, knuckle dragging yokels that listen to this podcast, <laughs> uh you'll enjoy you'll enjoy everything too as well. Uh I think even even you'll be able to understand it if you listen to Alan Watts. If you we haven't pull, tried if you pull like, yourself away from uh, from watching the boob tube.
0: <laughs> we haven't we haven't tried reverse psychology yet. As if that maybe being kind to our listeners or kind of talking about holistic content might turn people off. But if we play like hard to get, like yeah, we really all right, to everyone, and then, and then don't come... don't play
1: everything. <laughs> and, and also come...
2: turn off this podcast right now. Yeah, please stop yeah.
1: listening right now. We don't you, want you. You here. don't deserve it. You don't deserve don't it. tell your friends either. Yeah, yeah, please don't tell your friends and. uh please don't like like us or write nice reviews.
0: Yeah, put out a super injunction against our name. I, then...
1: I've already mentioned this in a really early episode, but it's probably because I've been watching and listening to like so much Come Town. Um, one thing that that befell them, I say befell, it makes no fucking difference to them, but they talked about it and it's hilarious, is um, there are podcasts that are around that are about listening and critiquing other podcasts. Oh um, yeah, I think I remember this. My
2: <laughs> like um reaction videos on YouTube. Yeah,
1: but even like even more detailed. Um and they were talking mm. about how uh they made it onto a certain podcast that was like called I think it was called I think it was called What The I think it was called What the Podcast or something. And basically it was these two like Midwestern guys in America in their forties uh like critiquing come town, but like taking it at face value and being like and they're like first of all they don't have any intro music which neither do we on this podcast what? and it was like and it was like second of all they don't even introduce themselves or say each other's names and then they were like and, and all the jokes are, all the jokes are just stuff going into somebody's ass <laughs> <laughs> and it's like it's so funny and and uh my dream is that i want us i want plopcast to make it onto one of those podcasts that would be great of them like cri- of them critiquing us and being like there's no music there's no stings the- these guys are just yeah, talking where are the to sound each other. you know where are the sound
0: effects you know we did actually we we did have um the clopping of horses' hooves on one sound on one podcast but they probably they'll probably ignore that
1: well i mean i've uh, got a key so we, we might do sound effects at some point but it's not going to be for any like decent reason to help the podcast it's just going to be like fart noises <laughs> and like stuff like that i did
0: um i did record we have for some reason we have like a set of eight little bells and we always they're like Christmas decorations but they do play the notes of like i think it's like a c to then like they, they comp they complete an octave of um non you know, like non-sharp or flat notes, and I did try and record like a little me trying to do jingle bells. But obviously, like I have to keep picking up different bells. Luckily, we didn't need that because we ended up splitting the the Christmas episode into actually two separate releases rather than releasing a two and a half hour fucking um, Christmas table. But yeah, it-, it would be good to get on one of those just to see i mean like we could probably come up with mm. false criticisms of ourselves anyway just because we're that kind of people we're that yeah, kind of it, people well it's t- more tom fun- and i at least anyway
1: yeah it's more fun though if uh you have like two <laughs> clueless guys looking into it uh you know
2: i really can't stand that kind of content uh like reaction stuff
1: oh man from the sound of the sirens you shouldn't be saying that they're fucking, they're <laughs> shit, from- they shit they heard coming- me f- <laughs> they heard you it's it's the podcast police <laughs> Um, i yeah, know like yeah the, i know there what must you mean
0: be, there must be some there must be some fucking stupid youtube seminar somewhere that says at the beginning of every youtube video say the same thing and then like either at the beginning or the end remind them to like and subscribe and like i kind of i kind of get that you know something like shut up and sit down like will frequently do you know do that and, but at least that they, it's clear that they they're, always, they're tr- quite transparent about everything else anyway and like they'll just say they do it in the kind of their own style. Another like gaming YouTubers I might watch do something in slightly like their own style, and there are perfectly decent YouTube channels that all start with exactly the same thing. And they start with the like the sort of the opening gambit, and then like and subscribe before you know what you're actually watching. And it's kind of like we, you know, as consumers, you'd hope that we'd know that. And it's like and people will probably quite naturally be drawn to.
2: Yeah, I mean, if I like it, I'll I'll just subscribe. You don't need to tell me to do it. Yeah, exactly. yeah, it does exactly. make you think like what
0: what like for example there's a youtube channel by gabin watching a lot recently and he does like really interesting like uh, insights i mean it's quite it's not simplistic but it, it's sort of straightforward and trying to be like clear and concise because he sort of he left academia to do to
2: talk about games on youtube
0: no <laughs> no he uh no this is a guy he's called andy stapleton he left academia to do like science communication and then like as a business and then He's got the YouTube channel talking about, like, ins and outs of PhD stuff, which is interesting, like, just because I'm applying to, to, to enter that world. Um, but he does, like, he does do the like and subscribe stuff at the beginning. And it's kind of like, well, what kind of, like, knuckleheads, did you say, would need... Do you know I mean? Like, if you...
1: What's up, Gamer Crew? Rem- it's your boy, The Professor. I'm back again. <laughs> I'm playing some more <laughs> Call of Duty. Don't forget to like and <laughs> give me some more of those likes. Nom, 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 nom. Mmm, me likey. Yeah. <laughs> And He's, then there's a sound of like um, a, an
2: explosion. He prestiged his PhD when he uh, he finished it and then deleted it to do another one.
1: <laughs> I did another one. He did the same PhD again. <laughs>
2: what well, prestiged. Well, prestige of the PhD.
0: <laughs> but I feel like even you going, num, 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 me likey, that is that is actually stylized. Do you know what I mean? Like that still has a degree of like... It just reminds how, me of,
1: to- there's a there was a YouTube channel I saw... Um, where the guy was like, he said, don't remember, don't, don't forget to smash that like button. And then it played a machine gun sound. <laughs> so like, I really want, I think this podcast at the end, it should be just really like culturally insensitive. And for no reason, we've just got to be like, don't forget to like, and it'll be like, and then it'll be like, it'll be like singing from a minaret. Um, and then like some um, microtonal um microtonal, uh, like, guitar music. like, uh, And then uh, when we say subscribe, it's the sound like a fighter jet uh, dropping white, white <laughs> phosphorus. <laughs> uh, that's just what I think.
0: Um, there was... I don't know how the hell we came across this, but I remember in, like, one of the houses I lived in during university, I um, like, I lived with a group of people who regularly listen to, like, hip-hop. But at that point, I wasn't so into it. But, like, I've kind of found, like... Uh, had it slightly more curated in a way. But I can't remember if we talked about hip-hop on this show. But anyway, um, I remember that there was a point where at, like, pre-drinks, they'd often listen to, like, SoundCloud sort of mixes of stuff or, like, people sort of re- yeah, remixing a series of songs over, like, 45 minutes. And there's always a- there's a guy that they always listen to called DJ Rusky And his intro sting was always, this is DJ Rusky followed by, like, a properly, like, loud like Colt 45 gunshot <laughs> kind of sounds like a proper like you can imagine like a loud police pistol
1: well he was ahead of Wait. his time then because you need to put you need yeah that that sounds yeah, you need to put that at the start of every single song or else how are they going to know it's used doing it it's like the beatles should have should have said before every single song <laughs> oh it's, it's us the beatles <laughs> from liverpool <laughs> yeah I can't do that accent, which I wish I could. Yeah,
2: remember to like, comment, and subscribe if you like. If you want to see more, like, yeah. help.
1: <laughs> help! But it's like... need subscribers. Help! not to say any subscribers? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No, yeah. they, want well, any, the... they want
0: any subscribers, really. The, the Beatles like, are
1: interesting because I can't do their accents either because they're Scousers, but I, to me, they don't sound Scouse. Like, sometimes when, like, you hear yeah, yeah. Paul talk, he sounds. I've always thought he sounds more brummy.
0: Yeah, it does sound weirdly brummie. So George Harrison as well yeah, just that's sort of sounds. To, uh,
1: They're tough to do. George um, Harrison
0: kind of sounds like he could be from Nottingham or just somewhere else. Um, yeah, I think it's. Well, maybe we've been sort of saturated with the John Bishops, like the sort of the, cult, the, uh, the modern cultural ambassador for
1: um, Liverpool Merseyside. But um, yeah, I reject that. I reject him as the uh, as the ambassador. I'm, I'm not a fan. Well, the thing
0: is. I think the thing is, like someone like John Bishop. I think he, like the way he got into comedy, is generally quite interesting. Like he, he tried it. His his wife and himself were going were struggling with their marriage, and he kind of just wanted, you know, he was w- willing to kind of try anything. And he kind of did stand up comedy, and that sort of reinvigorated
2: his confidence. And he happened to so so he started doing a Rodney Dangerfield bit about his wife. That's
1: amazing. <laughs> I don't get any respects. <laughs> <laughs>
2: My wife uh, says she's gonna
1: leave me because I keep stealing things. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because he's a scouser.
0: Ah, uh, oh yeah. Uh, oh, I thought that was quite obvious, but um,
1: um, yeah, it was. But that's what comedy is. Comedy is doing a joke and then explaining it and why people. His lowest be common laughing. denominator. Yeah, yeah. yeah lowest common right. denominator.
2: That's um, why I threw him a bone, Sam.
1: Yeah, exactly. I caught it. I caught uh, it in my mouth. I was. I was. <laughs> I was. I was Ellis could see I was licking my chops and I was hungry for a bone, <laughs> and he thought, oh, I'll, "I'll give him one."
2: i will him some scraps. Yeah. Um, um, by the way, I do need, you...
1: uh, There is, I do have a uh, topic change coming up, and uh, but I don't want to interrupt uh, Sam's riff. But uh no, all, all, all I was going to say is that I think
0: the the kind of the business of comedy means that, like, even <clears throat> like I think it, you know, it, it's good that. You know, people can come from pretty much anywhere these, like, more so these days to kind of enter the field of comedy but like and I know that John Bishop's story was a lot I think I don't feel doing it as like a pretend bit but it's a lot more like per, it's quite personal it wasn't just like oh, I gave it a go and did really well I was like I desperately wanted to be a comedian so I like, know he tried it and kind of got more confident and actually kind of that changed him slightly as a person and sort of helped him kind of reinvigorate things back home but like it's still it's a shame that that story then because then to enter the business you have to then a couple, someone sent me something which is like um agents want someone reliable the like, bookers want someone reliable agents want someone profitable and audiences want someone like, re- like not not quite relatable but like easy to follow and it's like well if you put that all together it actually doesn't you wonder how anyone outside of Mot the Week got into comedy at all like yeah you get even
1: like lowest common denominator comedy Mm
0: -hmm. but like someone like a group like lee and herring like they i think even even to their own surprise they somehow succeeded like when they did this morning with richard not judy like they were surprised that they even were allowed to make a tv show and kind of and they and they they did essentially what they wanted and they were sort of because they they never they never particularly deviated from what they wanted to do just by their own natural sense of humor, and they actually had a a part in creating Alan Partridge, but they never really went on to reap the glory from that. But um, I, I have no idea how. Like, I guess you get people like Conor Conor O'Malley, so I can't speak today. Who I'm not quite sure how he came to be, but like he, his something is unique enough, and I think because of, luckily because of the internet, enough people will find him.
1: I mean, to, I I found know. him through um, so I. We saw like a bunch of Adult Swim videos of uh, Joe Parra, who is um, fucking incredible. Is an incredible like.
0: Uh... I still I still need to listen to Joe Parra talk to you because it might yeah. be like you sometimes have these ideas where you think like, "I oh, wouldn't it be great if such a thing existed." Like for example, like I thought, "Wouldn't it be great if there was a, a video game which has a campaign map where you move from place to place and try and you know like conquer territory, but then you also jump down and do first person Cold Star medieval warfare." And I'd found that it had been out for years. It's called Mountain Blade. Yeah. Oh, or specifically, Mountain yeah. Blade Warband. Mountain Blade. Is, that is. I'll talk about that in a bit. But, um, yeah. Sorry, you were saying, Tom.
1: I was just going to say. So basically, Connor O'Malley's in. Um, he's in uh, the. Uh, he's in a YouTube series that Joe Perra did, which is. Um, what's it called? Oh, it's called How to Make It in the US with Joe Perra. And it's like a fictionalized thing of joe going to see his agent and his agent's played by conor O'Malley, and um but i think the, the phone calls that they make in his office to try and book joe are real they're like he'll like there's a bit where he wants to do a gig on like a cruise ship so conor O'Malley like calls on speaker a cruise ship and i think that's a real call and it's just him improvising over it but that's how i first found him and then i sort of started seeing him in like his own stuff and um i love conor O'Malley. i love i love them both but i i love conor O'Malley's stuff of just like the sort of super fucking anarchic uh like in your face sort of screaming uh style of comedy uh, i mean like one of my favorites one of the standout ones for me is the uh river talk show which is just uh him in a full suit and goggles with a selfie stick filming himself but he just swims out into a river in like a city uh, and films himself doing a talk show, and it's just him floating in a river. Uh, it's complete insanity and probably quite dangerous. It's amazing, um, but it's amazing. <laughs> um, and then he did a series of vines back when Vine was a thing, of where he's just cycling up to people in New York. Uh, it's usually people in like BMWs or people in sports cars, <laughs> and he just starts he just starts screaming at them and saying how he loves them and that they're pimps, and then he starts asking them for, <laughs> and then he starts asking them for money. <laughs> that's amazing um, but those are amazing as well because i think all, all of the people that he kind of like harasses in in quotation marks they all look like basically rich assholes yeah. he doesn't do it he doesn't do it to anyone who's just minding their own business i think he sort of does it to people who are like clearly like smoking cigars and being obnoxious so he'll <laughs> go up to them and like tell them that god loves them and that like he spoke to jesus last night or something and then he then he asks them if he can get a couple of benjamins off them <laughs> just like, yeah, that's fucking amazing uh, yeah, it's all on YouTube, so check out. Uh, it's just it'll just be under Conor O'Malley Vine Compilation. Oh, wow. but, uh, definitely show him some love because he's uh, he's amazing. But one thing I actually, it's slightly off topic, but just because I know I know it's been, we're on like the forty-five minute mark, and I know Ellis's time is precious. Um, Who told you that? One. Th- I-, uh, I I just inferred it. <laughs> uh, I just I've I've seen how you sort of behave, and I'm like, well, his Listen, my time <laughs> is worthless. It's <laughs> his- <laughs> his- the opposite. Um, One thing I wanted to talk about was something I saw uh, the other night. Um, So I... It's no secret I've fallen on... Anyone who listens to this, it's no secret I've fallen on hard times recently. And I've been starting to think about, like, where could I maybe go to, like, bury my head in the sand and just get away from it all. And I found this place called... um, So the actual name of, I think it's the... Territory. I found this place called Four Chan. It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we can ask we can ask Alice about that because Alice was uh, a was, was a Four Chan Four Chaner. Um, Fucking hell! But um, so there's this place called Long Long-Yibion, uh which is a territory. Uh, oh, sorry, is that the town? Oh no, okay, no, sorry. Longyibian is the is the town. Oh, I know. Uh, where you I mean. thought so because I was going to use it as a platform to talk to you, Alice, about travelling. Because you are a fairly, you know, you're a pretty well traveled guy. You traveled the world. But the place.
2: Yeah, I used to be, yeah.
1: The place is called Svalbard and it is an oh, yeah. island uh, or a series of islands in between. It's, it's above Norway and uh, it's in between Norway and the North Pole. Uh, it's basically, yeah, isn't it?
2: Like the the northernmost settlement. It is. In the world? It's
1: to the east of. It's above Iceland. It's it's to the east of Greenland, and it's to like the northeast and above Iceland. But basically, it's a place that is visa free, so you don't need a visa to go and work there. And basically, uh, mm. I believe it's um, yeah, Svalbard uh, is. I think the area. Uh, and I think the I, I'm guessing the inhabited bit is Longibian. Uh
2: I think Svalbard is the island. Yeah, yeah. Svalbard is, Long- the island young, and, yeah, Long- L- is the island, and
1: Longyearbyen is the like village or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And exactly. It's basically just on the coast. Apparently, I've just checked. It's got its own airport, but basically, yeah, it's. Um,
2: yeah, they. I think there's like a seed bank there or something, like a global seed bank, yeah, because it's obviously extremely cold. Yeah, so they've got vaults of frozen vegetable matter in case the world is destroyed
1: and it's got four point Pretty amazing it's got, honestly. it's got 4.6 stars on uh, google maps so people like see Wow, hey <laughs> um, but i basically watched a video on it and i was like you I know mean, I'm, I'm in a bad place as it is now but i've got some money squared away so part of me has thought like maybe if i keep trying to get a job and i keep getting rejected uh maybe i should just like catch a flight to Svalbard and uh, just go and live and work in Svalbard for a little while. Um, Just get a job doing whatever people need there. Because I think, you know, basically people from uh, all over the world live there. You just basically, it's like a, it's almost like Mm -hmm. just nomads from the globe who have decided to sort of drop it all and go and like work and live in this community um, where basically everyone knows each other uh, and everyone sort of, you know.
2: Have you seen the Werner Herzog documentary about um, Antarctica.
1: No, but I should check out. Basically, I have not seen anything Werner Herzog has done, but I know that Waffer is a, eh? a Werner Herzog fan, and I've basically heard yeah, he's done same. loads of amazing stuff as far as like narrative stuff. is.
2: So, yeah, I, I like his documentaries yeah. more. I've heard but, both of uh, those. The one about Antarctica is more or less as you describe Svalbard. Um, it's people from all over the world go there, um And because if you go to Antarctica, you you can't just come back a week later. You need to be there for like six months or a year. So they have their job and they have their own little weird community with, you know, everyone speaking different languages and stuff. um I I wonder about it myself as well. Like, what would it take to to get there and just do that for? Well, a that's year? what I'm
1: thinking of at the moment because essentially, like the way my life's been going for like the past five years is kind of like I've just basically been, you know. Uh, it's a problem that everyone has, though. I mean, I, I'm just the one who's being a little bitch about it and moaning. But essentially, my no, issue... Now, come on.
2: Yeah, like... uh, hey, here's an
1: idea. Man Here's an idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why don't I grow a pair of balls? Um, yeah, exactly. It's like, uh, my, my issue is that I, you know, I got my master's, and um, the only jobs I've been able to get have been uh, call centre jobs and, like, jobs that people who have no qualifications can get it's kind of made no sense to me for a long time I think most it's mostly to do with where I live um I think if I moved like if I actually made the move to Manchester or London you could, could work in a call center on Svalbard exactly I could work at the, 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 the Svalbard switchboard <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah so I've been thinking like you know maybe it might be worth just getting away from it all and like because I think me and Sam like talked about the idea of like that there's kind of come a point in my life now where i am kind of having to like reevaluate like my whole identity because i mean i mm. went to uni and got a master's in creative writing uh mainly because i love to write and i've always wanted to write fiction um but i've been so fucking depressed like the past five years i haven't like written anything for years ah, um, so i mean i'm not a writer as much as i want to be i'm not because i haven't written um I'm gonna go back to it yeah. i will but at the same time i do need something that kind of pays the bills but it's that cycle of like i get something that pays the bills but it's something that's well actually none of the jobs i've ever got pay the bills because i it, they, I'm, i've made like no fucking money the only reason i've got money is because every bit i made i just put straight to savings um you know so i've got a bit saved so that's the thing is like part of me is thought like i don't really know if i want to sort of do what you did, Alice, which is sort of do a bit of the the traveling the world thing of like going to a few different places and working for a bit and then moving you, on. You you could
2: do that. It's it's easier than it seems to do that.
1: Yeah, I mean that's one option. But then my I mean, my other thing again is this thing of like yeah, going to like fucking Antarctica or like uh, somewhere would, like Svalbard. Would you
2: would you go to Mars if uh, if you could, if they say they had a colony there already?
1: Uh, that's a really good question there's parts of me that that think maybe uh more because of my state of mind uh and kind of like how my life is is playing out uh which is basically like if i'm honest is like shit and i'm really not happy with it at the moment well mm. at the moment i haven't been happy with the way i've been living my life basically ever since i left uni because basically i've uh when i left uni in 2016 um i basically took what was essentially one step back to get a job and earn some money so that I could get a bit of money behind me and decide what I wanted to do, which is what loads of people have done. But then what I did was instead of taking the step, the two steps forward, which is the step I had to make up the step I made back and then take a new step. I took five steps back because basically I then went through this chain of um, getting really shit jobs because I thought that's what you had to do in life is just get a job and earn some money. And what it's resulted in is basically uh, i mean I, I i you know you guys can speak for yourselves but like i feel that like all of my friends have at least kind of moved on and become independent and like actually done something with my life and i'm kind of the only friend that has basically for the past 5 years been stuck living in his family home i'd basically been struggling to get jobs and then the jobs that i do get are shit anyway um so it's one of them it's just basically put me in this mindset of like i kind of can't do this anymore and it's like i'm 27 i turned 27 in september so like
2: well i think what you need is is a change of location yeah um, yeah too. because be, being in a new place completely completely changes the way you think about stuff because it's not you you immediately have no routine anymore yeah absolutely. and, uh, and you you are like forced to kind of make up a new routine basically um, I'm sure
0: I've, I'm sure I've mentioned this before, but there is a way. Uh, my mum is a, a believer in this, but like I, I would I would phrase it differently. Is that there's mum would phrase it as like energy in a sort of like spiritual sense, but there is something where certain locations end up having sort of figuratively speaking ghosts, and no more has no place has more ghosts in particular than your childhood home, and like that's why my mum had to had to move. Like I mean, I in similarly so like I eventually. And this is is interesting. You got Ellis on because I was thinking like we could talk about travel again for like a whole another episode as well. But it was Ellis was actually someone who I messaged when I was legitimately thinking about moving abroad, and he was like, and you said Tom like I don't feel like I've done anything. But Ellis was like the first person to say to me that the first step is i is identifying the dissatisfaction because you could go I'm fine, I'm fine, and I did, I did that. People at work would go happy and I'd go yeah. And then you just carry on and then you kind of look back and pass going, I said mm. that, fucking hell. But um, but like there is something in identifying that dissatisfaction because that is something which people, they don't identify and then they get to a point where if they do identify it when they're kind of stuck with a mortgage and whatnot, it's difficult to get out of. And like now really, like when you've, you've got, like it, the time isn't wasted if you've learned something and you've learned this is where I'm at. And like in a similar way, like with I thought I really wanted to be a comedian, but I wasn't doing comedy. And it's like, well, clearly and like clearly my fixation with doing a certain thing is based on either, you know, bitterness towards other people about, you know, them getting a better deal or something or like, yeah, thinking that this is this must be conducive to having this life that I want. When in truth, actually, the limitations were in my own head and actually I was just sort of going down the pan that way
1: and like I think it's the same with like- me basically i'm in the same position now basically because i i think what's happened is i mean i look back and i'm like obviously I, I am like super super bitter over the past five years but at the same time i've got something that like not a lot of people have and i should start using it because basically as i say i've got money saved up like money's not an issue so i shouldn't really be complaining what i should be doing instead is like actually using the means that are available to me um and actually making the you know as you say make the jump move to a new yeah. place uh i mean i guess it's just like it's whether, for me it's whether or not i mean the move for me probably is i'm probably going to move to manchester um just because it's nearby and there's hopefully jobs there uh
2: yeah it it, it doesn't matter where as long as it's uh, a place that's new to you true but
1: that's the other thing is like what should i do you know it's like should i maybe just move and like get into that cycle of like paying rent and like having to pay bills and like get myself into that, having a job or should I maybe go to fucking Svalbard? <laughs> like You know, I don't know. It's one of them. I'm like, mm-hmm. I've been looking into loads d- of stupid shit like recently about like, um, van life and like off grid living. Cause again, that all has its own appeal as well of that whole thing of like not having a mortgage. And it's kind of like, it appeals to me just cause I'm so fucking disillusioned at the moment with like how my life's turned out. Um, I mean, so I you can
0: use that, that you know. as much as it's hard, you can use it as a canvas to, I mean, something that one of our friends said, like, because she. this is one of our friends who is the same age as us, but she only recently, like, she started uni later as a sort of mature student, Um, but she kind of, she was able to kind of do learn some more adult stuff in a way, like, in terms of the the the, um, the everyday kind of thing, not like, I don't mean, like, graphic, I mean, like, the, the, the living, like, the majority of people do. And that, pe- and that young adults in particular are almost constantly reinventing themselves in some way or another, or at least, like, having desires to kind of chop and change. They've still got an energy and an appetite for it. And arguably, you could use the canvas of, I really don't like anything of that's going on at the moment. And so you can literally use it as a canvas to go, like, to rewrite what you want to do. And so talking about travelling abroad, I'm sure I've mentioned this before, but it's kind of annoying it's like why why am i only ready when there's a global pandemic and like yeah like arguably my life has been put on hold but i mean it's, it's given me yeah, it's given
2: it's really shit timing for you i mean
0: but mind you i'm not really bitter about it because it's allowed me to change because i wasn't really going to try and do work experience but i thought well maybe i'll try and actually forge a career like get more qualified and um but also like it actually allowed me to do the homework from um, cognitive behavioral therapy and actually like i was able to move back home With you know a better how I feel about living with family, and so like I've been allowed to do the homework and really reflect. And I know that's a really cliched thing to say, but I don't feel, I don't really feel that my future has been robbed in so much that essentially I left. I think like a lot of people feel the future has been robbed, um, but for me is I was able to leave Birmingham earlier than anticipated by a few weeks, and. Anywhere at that point was better than what I was either put myself through or what I was being put through, and so for me, anything was better. Whether you know, I've been at home, I've been able to enjoy things, start this, you know, start this podcast, and just explore. Essentially, even if it's a very kind of quiet and sort of reflective exploration, it's still something I think. And yes, you know, when in Birmingham, I was in a band, and I did used to run a stand up night, and did the public outreach through an art organization, blah 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 blah. But like, there was. Uh, the, There was a general sacrifice by the end of being quite unhappy and like the the, the point being is like you know you can use that as a sort of launching pad to change and i had an interesting experience because by the end of 2019 like before then if i'd if i'd moved abroad then i'd have known that i would have done it for the wrong reasons not planned it properly and had a miserable time and i've always had the sort of romanticized idea of retiring in like central europe somewhere or on the continent as it were but by the end of twenty nineteen I had um I'd gone on like more holidays, so was, like visited more places abroad. Weirdly that was the first time that I took a train from a, one country that I didn't live in to another country I didn't live in. And so for me that was quite formative, weirdly. Um not least of all because the train was running late and there was the risk of me not being able to leave to get to the other country. And also at the end of the year, there was the first time I went to do work experience and just went on, like, essentially a paid holiday by myself. You know, with the caveat of, of turning up for five of those days to go you know, watch, you know, watching people do clinical simulations. And it was those sorts of series of experiences that kind of actually made me think, okay, now I'm actually ready to go exploring. Like, I was terrified beforehand, but now I've actually done these things, I'm ready to do it. And I'll, um... there's... Sorry, Sam, go on. Um, I was just going to say that I remember having a conversation... That seems to be echoed quite a lot across, you know, people my age. And I said to people over, like, a like birthday drinks or something. It wasn't my birthday, but whatever. Um, doesn't matter. But I was saying, like, oh, I'm thinking of, you know, maybe moving to France. I think in the subconsciously, I was hoping that people say, as a lot of people have said before, oh, moving abroad is really difficult. As, you know, particularly one friend who I fell out with would frequently say, like, a university was the time to do that, really. It's so difficult now. And I kind of was either discouraged by them or by myself to do it through fear or whatever. But Mate, everyone I get, on the table. I
1: get, was, I, I've been getting that on like a daily basis for the past five years, so I know yeah. how you feel.
0: But everyone around the table was like, yeah, go and do it. And they carried on the conversation. And I think subconsciously I was hoping that people would tell me it was a stupid idea so I didn't have to do it. But actually yeah, it's like, he kind of hope it? You, have, mm-hmm. you have that subconscious thing hoping it fucks up. So you can go, yeah, no, I shouldn't have done it. They were right. Carry on as normal. Don't change.
2: Yeah, th- this is something that I've uh, we've about, spoken about before, Sam, where I think When you're making a big change like that or planning to make a big change, your, your brain is, is constantly looking for excuses, not to have to do it. And, um, and you'll be thinking right until, right until the last minute that, oh, maybe I hope that I get there. And it turns out the job I thought I was going to is a scam and I have to come home because, uh, your, your brain doesn't want to leave the, the comfortable routine that it's in, but um you just have to force yourself to do it and push through it and if you do you'll eventually find a new routine on the end of it well you know speaking of side. as well
1: just off the back of that ellis if you don't mind would you like be all right just taking us on a bit of a whistle stop tour of your uh, of your travels just because <laughs> uh i feel really bad that i feel like we barely i think you've barely had a chance to talk considering this is a guest show and uh you know i mean i I think I'm pretty sure I'm not alone in saying. I think you want. Hey,
2: well, I can, but uh, I just feel like a bit of a wanker saying. I know. I'll tell you what, know you what, do you want I me know to? I know you
1: do, but what I would say is I think what will make this easier is because, I mean, like, you're one of the more, like, the most interesting guys I know. And I think usually there's a bit more of a different. Oh, <laughs> there's a bit of a different vibe because I remember the last time we chatted, to you, we had a. It was a really nice conversation, actually, because you sort of chatted about some experiences you'd had, but it was in a person's flat. Well, it was in Ludo's flat and it was with like a semicircle of people sat around you while you talked. So I can understand (laughs) why you would feel a bit self-conscious. But seeing as like you're probably at home right now talking to a microphone, would you be okay just taking I'm being listened
2: to by (laughs) thousands of people.
1: Yeah. Oh, you're on Plopcast. You're being listened to by millions of people. Ellis, I've I've had a slightly different
0: idea to do it, which might make you feel a bit more comfortable, which is I feel like I know all the moves you made and you can tell me where I've got it wrong. So in a way, it's not I, a go. You know
2: what? Uh, I'm not going to lie. That sounds even worse. That sounds yeah, even worse. I was going to say, don't oh, give okay. him a way out. <laughs> 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 well, I'll, I'll briefly explain. Um, Please. Yeah. Uh, and maybe I'll try to make it... Uh, I'll try and draw some interesting conclusion from it.
1: Yeah, maybe just what you learn, as far as what we talked about. Maybe any yeah, stuff yeah, you learn yeah. or any advice. Yeah,
2: so um, when I some. I finished uni... Uh, I started a master's and I dropped out and moved first to um, Bangkok where I lived for, uh, I worked for six months and then like bummed around for two months after that, just
1: and that's Birmingham. That's because you you were at Birma- University of Birmingham with us. So yeah, that was Birmingham. Yeah, wh- too. Why are you
2: telling me that? I know that.
1: <laughs> I'm doing it for the listeners. <laughs> I'm, doing um, it for, uh, I'm doing it for the
2: Russian listeners. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry, I love that. Why are you telling me this? I was there. It's my life.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. So Good I thing. I did uh, teaching English abroad. Which for anyone who's interested in doing that, it. It's a very, very easy thing to get a qualification in that and to just go and do it. Um, if you have a university education, it doesn't matter what it's in, um, especially in, in, in Asia, um, you will be pretty uh, – you'll pretty easily find a, a job in, like, a school or institution or something teaching English. Oh, yes. so you, you have a
1: degree that. in English. Very <laughs> oh, good. Jesus
0: Christ jesus uh God. i mean like if you want if you want to if you want to move the wanker if you want to move the wanker focal point away from
2: ellis you've certainly done i'm handing that. it i'm want, handing like... my crown over to you you dropped this baton Tom.
1: baton <laughs> toss <laughs> Fucking hell. um
2: right, so yeah and uh it was a good opportunity to travel it kind of was an excuse to travel but um but it was also a good excuse to put myself in a new place and uh you know search for the secrets of life obviously i didn't find any but um it's all in the the chase isn't it
0: was he you went you went to find yourself and what you found was a cone. no I,
2: I i deliberately avoided saying uh oh, saying that i that i was trying to find myself
0: no, no no that's that's just no that's a silly joke um no i,
2: well, I agree with, why with you why don't you keep comments like that to yourself huh
1: yeah keep your stupid <laughs> comments in your pocket
2: <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so i left bangkok and came back to uh england and i was staying with my parents for quite a while um for like a, a couple of months and then i was like yeah i i don't want to be back here i want to i i'm not finished like being away yet you know what i mean um so yeah, yeah. then i went to milan and did some a similar english teaching thing um, and I was there for a few months and then I went to Spain straight from Italy I went to Spain to do like an au pair thing which was honestly pretty terrible because uh, the the kid was a bit of a knob uh, that, I think
1: that was the story you were telling us when we were at Ludo's flat that was the, that was the one I think people were no, really interested really. in because you I had see. you had some bad some bad stories for that
2: well i I feel actually a little bit bad blasting this 10 year old on Uh, in front of the in front of the entire nation that's listening um he was all right really but he he, ellis
1: ellis tucker owns owns libtar child (laughs) with with logic
2: (laughs) yeah well i owned him with logic all the time because he was because he was a a child and i was a grown man yeah Yeah. (laughs) um he he was all right really but uh, it 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 was in like a it wasn't in like the capital of Spain. It was like a smaller province and it, w- and we weren't even in the city. It was outside the city. So I would have to get like an hour bus into the city. And then I would... so I just stayed in their house, watching house of cars on Netflix, which for some reason I was doing at the time anyway, um, I left, I left there and then, uh, I went to the UK again and then left there again and went to Poland. And it was in Poland that I had a, it was just not a good experience. Um, I was, I was working there for like four months and after one month I was sick of it. Um, and I handed in uh, so annoyingly, uh, after a few months, it was like, it was Christmas. So, uh, even though I handed in my notice, uh, you know, say a few weeks before Christmas, I had to come back to the UK for Christmas and then go back to Poland for like just oh, to see God out a God. couple more weeks and getting on that plane on new year's day on the first of jan was like one of the hardest things um because i just did not fucking
1: want to be there um were you just not a fan of the vibe the vibe of the place the, vi- the vibe was the, the vibe was yeah. not
2: good uh, i was it was also in like a small town uh like a two-hour bus ride away from krakow Um, Uh, and like nobody in the in the town spoke English which obviously is why I was there but it meant that I didn't have any friends Uh, and it's when that's when uh, the boys night really took off when me you and Ludo started playing uh, games quite
1: regularly I think that was it wasn't it because I think throughout your travels I think a fair few times we played I'm pretty sure we played games didn't we through Fair bit of the traveling of it, yeah. Uh, maybe not when you were in. Maybe not when you. Were I, I was. I, I was pretty much off the radar for,
2: to everybody when I was. Uh, for a bit, when I was in. Bangkok. Yeah,
1: but I think when you started, uh, I think when you were in Europe, I'm pretty sure we started like the. Basically, we would play uh video game. Well, I think pub uh, pubg player unknowns battlegrounds was like one of the big ones, and then yeah. Oh well that's good then. I'm glad to hear that like I hope that the those those sessions got you through some hard times because they, Yeah, that they certainly do that with really, me. Uh, they, they're always pulling me out of a it, dark place. i all you know, that's it
2: did it did save me a bit when I was uh, in Poland having a pretty miserable time. And e I and I just remember the shit I was eating because like I didn't know uh that there was this one supermarket and uh, like I didn't recognise any of the food that was there, so I was I was making like the same two things over and over again every day for months and months and one of them was a pizza um <laughs> that I just put in the oven and the other one was pasta with like chunks of this gigantic sausage that I bought and if you bought one of those sausages it would last you for like 3 weeks
1: Jesus and that was it now those were the two yeah, meals those were the
2: only meals available to me well i obviously i could have made different things but I just didn't.
0: <laughs> it's well apparently David Lynch eats the same meal every day as a way of like making sure he doesn't like lose focus by him to think about what he's having for dinner. But this is a very different situation. Why
2: doesn't Why doesn't David Lynch drink Huel then? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. He's probably used to his own routine. <laughs> what I'm about to say? I'm not saying this in the sort of a schadenfreude way. I'm saying
2: this as oh please be be like, schadenfreude. Uh, No, no. Is in I, take I, joy in my pain.
1: Have all the Schadenfreude no,
0: you can eat, because I can't. I initially I can't remember if you told me about the the depths of some certain experiences, but I don't, like this for example, this is the first time. Like I know you went to Poland just to work a job, but I didn't know it was so miserable. And I think it's what I'm trying to illustrate by referring back to the stuff you said is that actually we tend to have an idea of romanticizing other people's lives, even outside of social media. Like if we say, "Oh, someone's traveling the world." And it's like, oh, that's amazing. But then you could turn around and say, well, actually, if you were there, it's not all roses. And in the same way of saying, like, you know, like, what well, our friends are getting married. And you'd probably turn around and say, like, well, you know, we, we love each other, but it's not, do you know what I mean? Like, and, and particularly further down the line, maybe it won't always be all roses because relationships are difficult. You, you do have to put work in, and it's like, it's not guaranteed. Um, and I'm so- going to
1: say that when our friend's getting married. I'm going to say that to him when his wife's with <laughs> hey, him. listen, say <laughs> to don't forget. Say, now, listen. <laughs> it ain't gonna be all roses all right
0: (laughs) well no, yeah i know i phrase it a bit poorly but the the point i'm trying to make is that um unless we actually ask about these experiences you know we think like oh god i don't want to hear about someone else's great time it's actually no it's worth asking because you'll get the truth and like you'll um you'll learn that actually there are times when it's not easy and sometimes you know that everyone is still vulnerable to making mistakes and like but it's not wasted if you learn from it even if you feel like i've been here for fucking ages and like but then, like you, you're still learning that I don't want to do this kind of thing. I realise, yeah, my motivations for the decision, and maybe those motivations aren't either, uh, either not true anymore or well, bad.
2: That that is precisely what I learned, um, because I was having a bad time working in Poland, and I was like, yeah, fuck this, I, I really am done now. I'm I'm going back.
0: Yeah, exactly, and it's still
2: to uh, to England,
0: and it's still something
1: you've learned. YC. Yeah. yeah. You uh, you, you uh, stood you stood out on like the roof of the house you were living in in Poland, and you uh, you, you raised the Union Jack and you saluted and, and shed a single <laughs> tear while listening to Land of Hope and Glory. And you said, "I'm coming home."
0: Is Land of Hope and Glory American? I can't remember. Was it? British? No,
1: that's uh, Star Spangled Banner.
0: No, oh, I don't fucking know. Who cares? I, I like anything patriotic makes me feel a bit ill. Um, it's just like you can like I think you can enjoy. Is, uh, was a George Carlin said so like, that you, you couldn't like being a certain thing, but being patriotic is just like you didn't have a fucking choice. It's kind of like it's more about yeah, anyway. Yeah.
1: Obviously, it's uh, ridiculous.
0: To yeah, be and it's more, and I, I believe actually, the things the I wasn't, things to be wasn't being for.
1: serious when I said it. I was, I was. Painting, oh, no, no, I, just, I was painting no, I a comedy to... picture.
0: No, no, hey, uh, stand
2: by what you said. All right. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, no, it's a. Uh, yeah, I think just the thing to be thankful for, I think, is the people in your community and your friends. And it can be from wherever. It's just that, like, that's your own, obviously your own island nation in a way. Well, uh, if there's anything, anything um, to be patriotic about, it's the island nation you form with your friends and family.
2: Hey, that's that's a good line.
0: Oh, nice. I, mean, I was saying that's on the what, previous that's what podcast,
1: we got, hopefully
2: right here. I was, in sa- the, uh, I was saying on a, the Discord I was saying on a previous podcast. It's, it's in the can. Yeah, <laughs> we got that one in the back. I was saying on a previous podcast. So, uh, how, like... Can we do another take of that? Actually,
0: <laughs> what does he even say anywhere? I've you actually could, forgotten. Uh, oh, like yeah, the nation—the the nation, go the nation to be patriotic take. toward. Uh, the nation you to say, be. Patriotic. You said
2: it's only the only thing. Basically, you said that the only thing I am patriotic for is me and my friends.
0: Basically, yeah, and my
1: family. Um... Oh, I'll cha- Okay, then I'll change. I'll I'll do a second take. Um, I'll, tell you what, I'll tell you what gets my dick really hard: my friends and family. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You're not doing 2nd sec- you're just like you're almost doing like telephone where you just deliberately change an element to it.
1: Um, yeah, uh, Sam, it's called comedy.
0: Yeah, I know. It's just that I'm I'm yeah, the joke. I'm, I'm the <laughs> butt of the joke here, which doesn't. Is, I, I didn't think that was the format. I thought you were the butt of the joke, Tom. I don't know. Yeah, was.
1: Us- I was going to say usually I am, but it's. I think it's because um, me and Alice have quite. We have. I've often described like mine and Alice's like pow-wowing and banter to like certain people as if you listened to both of us talking um you'd maybe think that we weren't friends it's just wow this one this one guy's been really mean to this other guy but it's funny because that's like the way it works and uh, I find that Ellis being here has like sort of bolstered me and give me a bit of courage to finally stand up for myself which is ironic because usually he's the one giving me the <laughs> and te- telling, telling me I'm a child for liking certain things well'm I actually had to...
2: I'm a sucker for supporting the underdog
1: My, um, my old head of year,
0: like when I was in school, he, um, like obviously like coming in with a statement of special educational needs and like, so he knew that like, obviously like the vague setup of like what my conditions were or like what I was like. Um, but he still, I mean, he did this to a lot of people, but particularly me, he still like, whenever he was walking past me, my mates, I might not be saying anything. He'll go like, Aerosmith, shut up. Just like quite (laughs) sort of like jovially and like, um like, he knew that, like, I would I would be doing nothing at all, and he would, like, sort of pretend to tell me off. And it came I up in te- statement... teacher like that. And it, and it came up in statement meetings, you know, essentially when you have these meetings with, like, one of your parents, and then, like, your form tutor, your TA, and maybe head of year, to kind of essentially review. And mine's mine were a bit trivial, because it wasn't like I had a learning di- difficulty. Like, if it was a learning difficulty, it'd be a whole other ballpark, but um, yeah, it was... And he said in those meetings that the reason why I did that was so you could kind of learn to talk back and so he he kind of it was quite it was quite nice to like to find out that's why he did it it was just funny or kind of annoying at first but like he he kind of kept that up and so it's like i wasn't being given preferential treatment it was still trying to give the backbone he was trying to give to everyone at the age like whenever we were like 12 years old What Um,
1: if you don't mind me saying a bit of a risky gambit on his part though, because I don't think I was going to do that. I think if I was a teacher and I was walking the halls telling autistic kids to shut up, (laughs) I think I'd probably lose my job very quickly. (laughs) So I think, um, yeah, I I think we can, yeah, we could, we could, we could coin this one as what's what's known in chess as the teacher's gambit,
0: (laughs) yeah. Um, I forgot, I I was actually, I wasn't saying much for the Svalbard conversation, but I did actually find that really interesting because I didn't know about this, not hippie, but the kind of like world commune element to it. But I was going to ask Tom, based on the um, the fact that you're looking to go to Svalbard, was uh, Snucker Bless
1: you.
2: <laughs> that will do. Know, what, what is? Uh... <laughs> you didn't answer my question about Mars, by
1: the way. Oh, yeah. You did? Uh, I thought you did. He no, said he no, I, sure. No, I didn't. No, I, did, I didn't. Um not definitively anymore anyway. uh, mars is a toughie.
2: just looking for a yes or no here
1: uh hmm because basically it's the thing isn't it of you I'd never see earth again i'd probably still have hopefully you'd have the technology to be like to do back and forth with people i mean i guess there'd to be play, adult, to play to play dota be... from mars well, you
2: can let's say you you can do you can do a boys' night from, from Mars. Mars. You can you can wire it. Yeah, but
1: you'll never. Basically, is it the thing of you'll never see me again because like I'm I'm going I'm going to Mars to settle and I'll never come back to Earth. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, no, I don't think so because I I probably at this point I'm really struggling with lockdown and I'm like really looking forward to seeing like you guys again. Um, and not only that, in a much more selfish thing, is like so i i feel a little bit like because of my circumstances because I've, I've had five years being stup- stuck at home doing shit jobs um i have not gotten laid like in the past five years um and i like really really need some like sexual contact and I don't know if uh, people on Mars <laughs> would be into that so I'm going to stay on Earth and maybe see if I can like get a girlfriend
2: why why would they not be why would they I'm not, not gonna be into, into me that? though are oh, they will be all
1: these what they'll be is they'll be these like fucking scientists but like one of my best Martian hunks well basically one of my best mates in the whole world richard who uh, i think a few of you have uh, a few of our friendship group have met he's like my best friend i love him to bits but his problem is is that if me and him go out in public together he is like the whole package like he is gorgeous he's like he's absolutely ripped he's got a body that just won't quit he's got beautiful hair and he's got like a really nice you know he's 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 like a model um but he's also like super super smart he did like uh, he did his master's in chemistry um and I haven't seen it, but he's probably got a really big dick. Now, what I'm essentially consenting to is going to a planet where everyone's going to be like that, and all the women <laughs> will be beautiful. So what are they going to do? What they're going to do is is they're all going to, to quote Peep Show, uh, they're going to all be having sex with each other, and then I'll be sat on a Mars rock nearby wanking and crying.
2: <laughs> so, I'm, I imagine it will be kind of like Titanic where they keep the ugly people like below decks yeah, instead well, of it, wealth it will be like attractiveness
1: yeah and the thing is is that the rest of them will be attractive because it will only be exceptional people and the, I'll have the whole deck to myself though, I'll have and, the whole bottom deck due
2: to a clerical
1: error you were allowed on, onto the ship exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, no, I'm going to stay on Earth because hopefully when quarantine is lifted I'll get to see you guys again and uh, it'll be nice to actually have some in-person film nights well we i'll, I'll be on mars so yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh 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 you're oh i see well uh, all right <laughs> fuck fuck you then
0: um, <laughs> was, did you basically did you basically ask saying like if you're not going to mars i guess I'll. oh uh,
1: you were doing a bit that's it yeah. you wanted me to no it, no so i no. was
2: uh, no i was just joking that i would be one of those attractive people it's just <sighs> just kidding
1: well um, you are very attractive man you, that part wasn't the joke uh but um <laughs> i mean i was, yeah, I was gonna stay, say like i'll stay on earth because uh i yeah i i, I okay. kind of want to settle that's down that's your and, final answer well i need to basically go i mean i've got like i mean i'm not a good-looking guy anyway but i'm like i've got three years till i'm 30 so i've got three years to basically get in shape and get myself looking all right and then basically go out and like actually have some adult relationships and then hopefully but, oh, yeah. start a family because i'd really like to start i mean a I, was gonna, I was gonna i was gonna say eight that eight kids
0: well, Mars Mars ain't why? the kind of place to raise your kids. Um, Aha, but, nice. but yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure we've said this before. The like, I mean, I, even if I've still been a bit like, oh, why hasn't this happened? You know, or like, why I've had like not so many relationships. Blah blah blah. blah. But it's like, there's no perfect. Like, there's no like one set set of like relationship experiences that you must have you know let's us saying you must
1: get married no but it'd way. be good so to have you... them because i mean like i'm a horny bastard and i've been living for like five years with my parents do you, do you have any idea the kind of toll it takes on a man that's why my so, hair like, that's why my hair fell have... out but <laughs> you've been yeah. doing five years of nofap i've got my eye my right arm is like arnold schwarzenegger's in pumping iron <laughs> my, my left oh, f- arm f- is five like, years of of no, no fap. Of no, no fap. Uh, five years of go fap.
0: <laughs> um, but it's. A, I was just going to say that you know whether you go to Mars or you stay on Earth, you still like it. You probably have a, a higher chance of improving your confidence in yourself on Earth, just because not because of the whole fictional like Adonis scientists that they only ever that they're the people they're ever allowed to send to Mars, but the fact that they're just generally more people on earth and you have more human experiences so like it yeah improve your confidence and then like everything else will probably
1: come along i think all it'll be though is i think like my confidence used to be pretty it was all right at uni it was pretty decent um but it's basically ebbed away loads and is now a rock bottom but there are still there are certain external factors that i have to go through constantly because of my surroundings so as soon as i move out and they're not there anymore uh i 'll think I'll be all right I think I'll probably confidence wise back, bounce back pretty quick I mean when I come I mean, down to
2: yeah you you will as soon as you're in a new place yeah I mean
1: yeah. put it this way when I come down to London on the train and I'll like maybe stay with Ludo for a few nights or we like you know when we'd go out and meet the rest of the, the old gang um and basically I pretty much snap back to my normal self or as what I think of as what I'm like as an adult living you know that's me whereas as soon as I basically go home uh you know like a like a flaccid dick i essentially like deflate and i become a bit of a you know i become an, in- an incel um, and uh, uh, i really don't want to be that
0: uh. but as we said you've identified that and you've and it's not that you're going oh, i'm really happy away from home and i'm not happy at home what's the i can't figure it out no you've you have solidly identified what the issues are and so like that's still I mean, it sucks, like learning these things about yourself, like self improvement. Fucking sucks, but like it's it's necessary. Like, yeah, you, well, you've got you,
1: to do it, man. Because that's the thing with me is what I've started to realize is you got to get into the self improvement. Because if you don't fucking do it, then you have got no one to blame for you, but yourself. Yeah, when you, it's true. You, when when, when you've you sp- got a problem,
2: you have to fix it. That's that's the end of it.
1: Or else, you know yeah. what you're gonna be doing? You're gonna be buying a fedora. You're gonna be practicing <laughs> with a with a sword in your underpants. Yeah, um, although that what, sounds pretty cool, actually. Well, well, while the rest of your friends are out getting dick or getting pussy, you're mastering the art of the blade. Yeah.
2: I oh, will keep trying to find a
0: place to end on that doesn't involve fucking, but maybe that's maybe that's the point. Um, just because we are at the hour and
1: 25 minute mark. Um, well, well, I guess the thing to finish on then is to say, Ellis, thank you so, so much for coming on. Really yeah, appreciate I d- it. I, uh, th- thank you for having me. Sorry, yeah, thank feels, you very much like- for coming on. It feels like you I didn't thought... talk too much, and I hope you don't feel that you've been marginalised. Uh, oh no! But, oh, uh, I was like, "Hey, I didn't listen, mean... it's your podcast. I well, didn't mean having, to call no, you a So far, all of our <laughs> all of our guests we're going to have back. Except, yeah, for I didn't that, mean to call it, you to a big except for that, bumper episode with everybody. That'd be sick. Yeah. Except for that one guy. Uh, he knows who he is. But yeah, yeah. we'll do a. Uh, what we'll do is we'll the producer. We will, <laughs> yeah, it's the, well, the producer speaks in an ancient language that if you if you speak it, it makes your ears bleed. If you're human and you hear it, uh, and also you know we it, the the producer's easy not to have back on because we just don't say the incantation in the dark to make him appear anymore. It's as easy as that. You just have to stop doing that. Yeah, it's very um, much Not
0: like it's not like we we not like in the same building or anything. It's like you you really have to go out of your way to to summon him. So it's like well, well it's because he's in the just, seventh. Just, it's
1: because he's in the seventh dimension
0: just don't just don't do that then you but, know. Uh, but yeah. yes thank you thank you very uh, thank much you. for coming on ellis i hope you enjoyed being a plot boy and i'm sorry that i called you a cunt it was meant in jest but it did come off very very scurbig. so too too little too late now
1: isn't it um but, uh, <laughs> i won't forget that I w- uh. <laughs> ellis ellis won't forget this <laughs> <laughs> um, right. no sorry ellis will will remember this that's it <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah, actually that's a good idea though to end on. Uh possible thing for the future, uh when lockdown is over and when uh 99% of the world's population have all died off and we're <laughs> alive in the post apocalypse. We should get together in one room and get some mics set up and we'll we'll have a a plop fest. Yeah, exactly. Plop fest <laughs> can... twenty three plopapalooza. <laughs> palooza twenty thirty two. I was gonna
0: say, I was gonna say plop flop. Uh, start again, Popfest Jakarta 2022.
1: Um, (laughs) We'll we'll just have to get a boat and make it over to Jakarta. There'll be no food or drink for anyone though, and the toilet facilities will be terrible and none of the bands will turn up.
0: (laughs) That's a good place to end on. Um, Until next time, I guess.
2: See you later, fuckers.
1: And it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from him, and uh, fuck you all. Good night.